Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod uh, with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk about um, what we believe are going to be the challenges for data protection for 2021. And then we're going to specifically focus in on a ransomware incident uh, that happened with Hackney, which I'm quite looking forward to Regina sharing her views on that. So, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, welcome to the first week of uh, 2021. And why not set off with a little bit of kind of what both Regina and I think are going to be the challenges for 2021. We're still in lockdown, so the remote working, I think believe will continue to be a challenge um, and I read an article that said whilst 70% of companies are now well versed at working from home only a third of staff have been trained on data protection and how to work from home securely so that interested me because we're 10 months in now to various stages of lockdown and yet educating individuals has not been a priority now I appreciate that March April last year getting technology was the push you know but eight months after that we need to start thinking about education there's potentially it's one of those things i think isn't necessarily high on people's minds straight away that sort of needs to continue business and get operations going again like in that march april kind of time was clearly the focus um i think we have seen sort of a kind of a, an increase in people being aware and organizations being aware that data protection and cyber security is a risk with people working from home. Maybe they're a little bit unsure about exactly what to do about it or how their policies cover it or do their policies cover it and, and what can they effectively do to support their staff when working from home and where all the risks are. I think there's a lot more hidden risks when people are working away from the office that often aren't considered or aren't necessarily thought about. No, I agree, especially with people um, managing homeschooling as well and possibly sharing a computer. Obviously, there's the ongoing challenge of Brexit. It's now happened. We, we ha Whilst we have a trade deal with Europe um, and we have a six month relief that allows data to flow between the UK and EU, vice versa, we're still dependent on an adequacy decision being made in six months time. And I think that gives people a little bit of a reprieve. But I would still ask people to think about their data flows now rather than wait until June, assuming that an adequacy decision is going to be achieved. For sure. And I think it's one of those things that slightly extension to anything kind of I'm sure people will leave it till June. However, I did read its um, four-month extension with an option to extend it a further two months if there's no ad adequacy agreement arrived at between the EU and the UK. What is reassuring is that I think whilst there are some concerns around particular aspects of our law enforcement legislation, there's a feeling it would be difficult to grant adequacy to other countries where the data protection regime isn't as thorough as ours is if we don't have the adequacy agreement um, drawn up for us. So I think it sets a, potentially a very high bar from what I've been reading across sort of different platforms that people feel that it's likely it, it will come which is good however it is interesting to note the ICO is still suggesting that companies explore the option of standard contract clauses as a just in case to ensure that data flows don't stop though so I think it's step one as we've said all the way along is to make sure you've mapped your data and know where it is 
Absolutely. And I think that's definitely uh, something that's important and should be a priority. I think whilst Brexit might be on a lot of people's radars, I would say that not everyone gets cookies and why they are suddenly getting a lot more attention than they've ever had before. Only yesterday I was talking to a few other data protection professionals and we have all handled in one form or another a cookie complaint in the last three months. So that's where an individual has submitted a letter to say... Uh, they feel that a cookie has been landed on their device without their consent and they are seeking compensation. And I think that these are just going to continue to happen. So I think it's something that all organisations have. They will have cookies. They may have a cookie banner, but have they really understood what happens with cookies on their website? And what is even what is a cookie, to be honest? I know we've had that conversation that people may not get why it's important to understand or what it even means. I think there's a lot of confusion about what is acceptable and how people can control their cookies. I went on one, I went into a website yesterday and there was a message that popped up smack in the middle that said, by closing this message, you accept our cookie policy, which I couldn't access from this message at all, and that we'll place cookies on your device. And it's like the only option is to accept and continue. And it's frustrating because you know that that's not the right thing, but the owner of the website obviously thinks they're doing the right thing to comply. And you can see in various ways across the web that there's so many incorrect banners and cookie policies and I think I think you're right it's going to be something that potentially will ramp up it'll be interesting to see if the ICO focus on it more or if there are complaints that go to the ICO or if these individuals are just trying their luck with companies so it'll be certainly interesting to see what happens there but certainly other European provide uh, European supervisory authorities they have already been finding companies where cookies are too complex for people to control or not clear about what their purposes are so but I think often companies are not necessarily looking into exactly exactly what they're doing and why and if they're using them and how they can be in control of those cookies and making sure people have genuine choice. Yeah, and I think in some ways, when you commission a website to be developed, you don't necessarily think about cookies. You want your the web team to come up with something that you can see gets a lot of traffic, gets likes on Facebook, information is shared with Instagram. There's possibly a lack of awareness that a lot of that is driven via a cookie. And that. so I think it's going to be an interesting year for that. You touched on um, the UK and, and European supervisory authorities. I think it's fair to say that um, the UK has been rather quiet on fines up and until the back end of 2020 um, and there's an expectation that in 2021 possibly more fines will start coming through now now that we've kind of getting through covid the whilst it's still here uh, a lot of businesses are getting back to operational business as usual so there might be more penalties to come out which i found quite interesting and certainly i think one of the things that a few i've certainly noticed and i think a few of my contacts have noticed in um, across the christmas period that there's been an increase in law firms the sort of the law firms that used to focus on ppi as a mm income source are now looking to where they can support individuals who have been affected by data breaches so particularly I think with the fine coming through for BA there's been a focus and on advertising to try and attract potential individuals who've been affected by that breach to come forward and be part of a class action to get compensated for the impact on them for that breach and I've previously seen it quite a bit on social media now obviously I'm aware of because of cookies and what I do and what I look at on the internet it's more likely that I'm going to see that type of advert but I've also 
heard that it's been on television as well so in tv slots so i think it's an interesting shift and one that if people are finding times are tight might think that it's a good avenue to go down and it'll be interesting to watch whatever comes out of that case as it progresses and if it progresses to see what the the precedent that will be set and and then how that might impact on future similar breaches because i think that's something that a lot of data protection specialists were predicting back in 2018 that you know this ability to be compensated i think it removed the need to demonstrate any level of distress but if your data was misused that you could you know you could seek this compensation and that's very much under gdpr and i think it'd be really interesting to see how that comes to fruition i think there's been a bit of a feeling of oh well it hasn't happened yet it almost needed to go through this process of getting to the point of fining to then and have enough people affected with a big enough breach that that it's a law firm is going to take it on and, and pursue it and see what happens so I absolutely agree. And I think the last one, which will link into the the story uh, that I want you to talk a little bit more about, is that there's an expectation that ransomware, and someone talked about ransomware as a service pre-Christmas, in that they feel that this is, you know, people, because you can buy all the tools that you need to be able to do a ransomware attack, and that there will be organisations, not good ones, you know, but they will be offering this so i think there will be a, a an increase in ransomware attacks i think that lots of people don't understand the implications and the end results of being subject to a ransomware attack and the impact on individuals as well as a company and i know you wanted to talk about in a little detail the um, event that happened with hackney council yeah, so I think obviously, you know, as you said there, there's a very obvious thing that in any ransomware attack, it's likely that data is encrypted, and pulled away from the organisation, it's not available to them, and there's an expectation that money will be paid to get data back. Typically, the, the recommendation is never to pay because it just encourages further and similar action in the future. If it's seen as an income source, I'm quite surprised about the whole ransomware as a service. That's, well, incredible, but I suppose not surprising. And the temptation is if you haven't got appropriate backups systems if you haven't got mechanisms in place to get that data back i can understand the the drive and the want to pay to for the easy life but if you pay there's no guarantee that those organizations or individuals who've subjected you to that attack will a give the data back b that it will be usable so in the hackney council they're talking about the particular group that were responsible for it or they think were responsible for it that they're quite amateurish so the data is then even if they got it back wouldn't really be usable because it can't be unscrambled properly and they've just started putting some of the information and documents that they got from that ransomware attack onto the dark web so some of it has been found so you've got that potential breach of individuals information that's related to the council so obviously councils do have information about us in terms of where we live some of our financial details you know what council tax band we're in you know services that we might be accessing via via the council and their their websites uh, you know benefits payments all that kind of thing will, will be handled through the councils and so there's a real risk there and one of the things that was really interesting that probably don't necessarily think about. But the the article on the BBC was talking about the fact that individuals' house moves had been affected because the buyers weren't able to do a search, a land registry search on the property to make sure that there was nothing coming up, no planning that was going to affect the value of the property. So, you know, that's something that happens in every chain. You need to be aware of anything that might affect the future value of your house. Mortgages won't be given if, you know, they haven't got that search because, you know, they need to know that what they're lending you the money for is going to be hopefully going up in value for the foreseeable future or over time and not at risk from 
been knocked down to build a motorway through it or something like that. And apparently this search was unavailable because of the hack. And so people's chains fell through over. They weren't able to complete. They weren't able to progress. They've not been able to move. And obviously with the stamp duty window, it's really difficult to rebuild that chain. People are really keen to move before March and they've lost out. Well, they've lost out financially for starters, because as part of any house move, you know, at some point you've paid out money for the the search you want to do. And when that collapses, you automatically you've lost money. And then now they're potentially not going to be able to actually move and find somewhere else before that window ends in March or whenever it ends, if it does get extended by the government. But at the moment it's March. And so they're then going to potentially be moving after March and paying stamp duty. So the financial implications on the individuals from this breach are significant. And I think it will be, again, an interesting one to watch as it's investigated that that's still ongoing and to happen to the impact on individuals and what the ICO determine. And then how they look to, and if they do look to, compensate those individuals or whether they pursue a claim to find out and get some recompense for what they've lost out on. Because it's not going to be insignificant if they will have lost due to that data breach and that ransomware attack. And so the, the implications can be quite quite long term even from something that happens as a, a sort of a quite short period of time potentially patients can be quite serious for individuals right, and it brings it really home because you know i think that makes it really real to people because those people that are buying homes at the moment it, what you've just described would make a, would make anyone worried just moving home is a scary situation anyway but then to be thinking that your chain may fall through for no fault of your own you know but because of a hack is quite worrisome so um no i think that will happen more and more unfortunately in 20 and I think looping it back around to the start, you've kind of got that, you know, with everyone working from home, there's more risk of those kind of ransomware attacks slipping through because people are, you know, much more on their own. There's nobody to just quickly call and check and go, does this look real to you? Are you yeah. sure? what, what do you think? They'll potentially click the link or they'll be worried because the child is distracting them or the husband's distracting them or their wife is distracted. Something's going on that makes them go, oh, I need to do this quick. And they do it and it's too late then think on that super happy note that that concludes um our first podcast of 2021 thank you for such an entertaining conversation regina if anyone has any questions you can email us at the coffee at dbxuk.com check out our website dbxuk.com for all information that we have and upcoming events have a great day and uh, we'll see you again uh next week